Psalms 104, verse number 10. If you're there, shout amen. You know what? I can't read just one verse, so we're going we're going back up. I mean, I could, but I just don't want to. Um, is that all right? Because I think to really get the gist of no, verse 10, you got to understand what the psalmist is saying here. Verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great. If you know we serve a great God, shout amen. Brother Larry, are you? He said, Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Psalms 104, verse number 1 is where, we're, where we started. Verse 2, Who coverest thyself with light as with a garment, who stretchest out the heavens like a curtain, who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters, who maketh the clouds his chariot, who, bless you, buddy, who walketh upon the wings of the wind. I like that part right there. He walks on the wings of the wind, who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire, who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. Thou coverest it with the deep as with the garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At thy rebuke they fled. At thy voice of thy thunder they hasted away. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they return, that they turn not again to cover the earth. Verse 10, He sendeth the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. Now, how many of you know this evening there's nothing too hard for our God? If you believe that, shout amen. We've just read about his magnificence, about his majesty, about his excellence, about his power, his omnipotence. I mean, he's the only one that can hold the waters back. Uh, and he's the only one that can cause the, cause the waters to flow over the mountains. He's the only one that can hold the waters back from the mountains. He is almighty God. He is powerful, and he's in control. How many of you know that? Putin can only do what God allows, amen? The devil can only do what God allows. And so we're, we, we've established he's almighty God, and so now I want us to look at verse 10, kind of let's zero in there. He sendeth the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. I want us to talk about that tonight, springs in the valleys. Jesus, we thank you for this time we've had together tonight. Thank you for this time of worship Thank you for every person that's gathered here, Lord, and they've given of themselves being here on this Wednesday night. God, I ask you to let them leave, have them been touched by your power, your spirit, your anointing. I pray for revelation to come from your word tonight. I pray, God, for the unction of the Holy Ghost. God, I can do nothing without the anointing. I pray you take over fully. Lead, guide, govern, direct my thoughts. Lord, speak through me this evening. Have your way, Lord, in this moment, here and now. And, Lord, we will give you the praise and glory and honor for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I just had a revelation. Bryce helped me with it. You don't even know what you did, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you here in just a minute. So as soon as it's time. All right. Let's talk for just a second about valleys. How many of you have ever been in a valley before? If you have, say amen. 
You know, the valleys of life, they come, they go, and the truth about valleys is that it's always in between two mountaintops. Amen. How many of you are thankful for some mountaintop experiences in your walk with the Lord? Oftentimes we try to avoid the valleys, but I'm going to tell you something, it's hard to avoid the valleys. It's difficult to avoid the valleys. I'm thankful for the mountaintop experiences. I'm thankful for the, for the, the view that God gives us from there, the vision that he places in our heart and those mountaintop experiences, the freshness that's there, the breeze that blows on that mountaintop experience, the breeze of the Holy Ghost. Thankful for that. I'm, I'm thankful for the revelation that he brings in those times. But can I tell you something to, that you can stand at the very top of, of that pinnacle point, that mountaintop experience of victory. And we're thankful for victory. If you're thankful for victory, shout amen. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, you've heard the saying, what goes up must come down. And in your walk with the Lord, I want you to understand that it will consist of that. It will be times of high and low. It will be mountaintop experiences and it will be valley experiences. We try to avoid the valleys a lot of times because it seems that's where we're most vulnerable. That's where the enemy attacks us. That's where the enemy comes against us. And we have this, these valleys of life, these low places between two mountains. Oftentimes we associate these low places of life with times of struggle, times of weariness, times of difficulty, trials and tribulations. And we'll use that a word to describe. I'm just in a valley right now. I'm I'm just facing, I'm having to walk through a valley. I'm going through a valley right now. We write songs about it. The God of the mountain is still what? God of the valley. Amen. We write these songs and it's the truth. And we see that, that the valleys are real. We understand that. And I want us to talk about it for just a moment. I'm not saying what I'm going to say for the next few minutes is exclusive but I do believe it's areas that we all struggle and it's valleys that, that, that we have to walk through at times and it's there the enemy wants to bring destruction to our spiritual lives. First of all, we all know what it is to face financial valleys. Any of you ever been there where you're in a valley in your finances, you're struggling financially? Now, if you're not struggling financially, you need to thank God that you're not struggling financially. But maybe you can think back in your life of times when you were in a financial valley. So if you can think about when you have been before or if you are right now, you understand a financial valley, would you say amen? We've all been there, right? These financial valleys are, are difficult, and, and, and I, I wish I had a, a, an easel and a uh, dry erase board and some markers. Thank you. All right. Any of you ever been there where you're struggling just to make ends what? Meat. <laughs> we talk about it. It's got kind of the ropes so, you know, can't bring the ends together, right? Trying to make ends meet. You, you find yourself struggling just to survive, just to pay the bills. The reality today is, is most Americans are slaves to the lender, and I'm using that as a biblical phrase, and, and that's, that's where most Americans are. We, we pay our mortgage, we pay our car payments, 
You know, we really don't own it. We're just paying for it. Now, and that's what always trips me up whenever you are having to go through different questionnaires and things. They want to know, do you own your house? And I, I'm still paying a mortgage on it. So technically, no, I don't own my house, uh, but I'm not renting my house. So then that makes me a homeowner. But if I don't pay the payments, then I really don't own it. The bank's going to come and foreclose on me. You follow what I'm saying? So I have to make those payments. The lender is, is uh, all this. Imagine how much money that you would have, or any of us, if you didn't have any bills. Amen. See, the goal it must has got to be that the Lord wants to bring freedom to our life, and we talk a lot about spiritual freedom, but I believe that we should be praying, Lord, we want to be debt-free in the name of Jesus. We want to live in a place of, of freedom. I don't believe in, in, I have been there before in my life where we lived off of credit cards, and, and we paid for a pizza for like 15 years, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we've been there where if we hadn't had it, we would, well, I don't know what we'd, we'd have done. We, you know, my mom and dad would tell me at time, listen, I don't want you to put this on the credit card. You know, don't do not do that. You let us know if you need help. You come let us know so you ain't got it. But you know what we did? We didn't let them know. We still put it on the credit card because we didn't want them to have, have to have to jump in and help us. And they, of course, they hired me to do all kinds of jobs through the years at their house. Just Even when they didn't really even need it done or really didn't need, didn't care, they'd still hire me to do it just because I, I that, that was also how I was. I, I wanted to work for it if they'd let me. And so I do that. But we lived off credit cards before. And what happens is, is you pay that for years and years and years, not being able to pay it off at such a high interest rate. But so many of us as Americans live with that mentality that it's, it's not living debt free. It's what monthly payment can I afford? And as a result, we, we stack these monthly payments up of everything going out until we barely have anything left over when, whenever, whenever uh, the dust clears. See, it, the, the reality is there's a lot of Christians that pay their tithes last. And that's part of the problem because your tithe is first fruit. That should come off the top. You ever been there before when you looked at your checkbook and said, if I pay the tithes, I'm not going to have be able to afford to pay the electric bill. Anybody know what I'm saying? Because I've been there before, and you know what we did? We paid the tithe, and God sent the means to pay the electric bill. I'm not telling you something that I've not lived. I, I've lived it. I know, I know what I'm talking about. And when you honor God and you obey God and you live that way, guess what? He's going to honor you, and he's going to be faithful to you. Thank you. Thank you. And the, and, but the truth today is that we live and, and oftentimes walk through these financial valleys. Most folks don't have, any, don't have emergency funds. If something was to come up and, and you needed $1,500 or however much it'd be for a transmission, I mean, you might as well start selling kids because you, you don't know. That's not a good analogy. You might as well start selling Dogs, <laughs> in this day and age, my goodness, I can't believe I even said that. You, you, you might as well, and I'm not going to tell you to go stand on the street corner neither. That'd be another bad analogy. So I'm not even going to say that. You, you might as well start selling everything out of the yard you can because you, you, you don't have a means to pay that. 
because we, we live from paycheck to paycheck and week to week. And listen, first of all, I've been there. I've done that. And I'm telling you, I, I, it took a long time for the Lord to get me us to the place where we would wise up and, and, and learn how to manage our money and our funds and, and be careful where we had some put back with emergency funds. So when we did hit a hard time, it didn't take us into a financial valley. And with the way electric, uh, the electric bills are going up right now, we all better start skipping the McDonald's drive-thru and start an, a utility bill uh, piggy bank. I love how y'all looking at me tonight. Preacher, we're not used to hearing you talk about this. Well, get used to it. I'm trying to help you. See, some, some find themselves the financial valleys because you're trying to advance your career, so you're stressed out over that. Others, you've got your own business that you're trying to run, and all the weight of it rests on your shoulders, and you're trying to build this business, and you're trying to be able to make the income, and so you get up in the morning worried about it, and you go to bed in the evening worried about it, and, and, and it's, it's a valley that the enemy brings you in if you're not careful. You find yourself just trying to save, and, and, and once all is, once the, 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 everything's paid, then you got just a little bit left over and you feel like, man, I, I don't hardly have anything to put in savings. I personally feel like savings should be considered a bill. Every paycheck you get, it should automatically be something goes to savings every single time. Pastor, I can't put but $10 a week in. Put $10 a week at the end of the year, that's 520 bucks. If you'd been doing that 10 years ago, you'd have $5,200 stuck away in a savings account just putting $10 a week. Are you following me. See, the, the, we, we don't want to talk about money because pe- people talk, call the preachers just a prosperity preacher and all this kind of stuff. But do you realize how much Jesus addressed money? And do you know why he did? Because he knows that's where the devil is going to attack you is in your finances. Do you know one of the, one of the excuses some people use while they're not in church because they're working, on, uh, working all the time, working Sunday, working Wednesday, never can be there, never can go to church. Well, I, I'll invite people to come. Well, I work on Wednesdays and Sundays. Listen to me. I get it that there's some jobs and I've and I, I've been at a place in my life before where I had, I had to take what I could get to be able to pay the bills and I, I worked, I've worked night shift before. I can tell you that was not for me, but I did. I worked the night shift. It about killed me, but I did. I, I worked it, but I can tell you this. Listen, don't settle for something that's going to cause you to have to compromise in your walk with God. In this day and hour we live in, you need to try to do what you can to be in church every time the doors are open. If there's not something else available, I get it. Take what you can get so you can be able to pay the bills. I'm not for sitting at the house doing nothing. I don't think God is for that. I believe you ought to be working. If you're physically able, I think you should be. You should be out there doing your best to to work. Listen, if you're struggling to make it, my wife, we've done all kind of stuff, haven't we? uh, We've we've scrapped metal. We've cleaned condos. We've cleaned houses. We've, we've done side jobs. Why? We've done and, and I didn't have to do it by myself. The reason we did it was because we had bills to pay. Those were our obligation. Nobody else signed on that dotted line. We did that. And so we wanted to be able to meet those obligations. And did it, was it hard sometimes? Yes, it was. And did, it, did the enemy try to get us in a valley where we were down and out looking at what's left? How are we going to make it? How are we going to survive? Yes, he did. But we reminded each other this past week of a time in our lives that we needed $3,000 to be able to, to pay a bill, to pay, I don't even remember what it was at this time, to be a, what was it? 
for our cabinets in our house. See, she's got a memory like tar. I, I can I barely remember getting up this morning, so I'm glad I did, but I can hardly remember that. But listen, but $3,000 is what we needed. And you know what we did? Remember that verse we read in Matthew 18? We read about uh, agreeing together. We got into agreement, and we said, Lord, we're trusting you. The devil wanted us in a valley that would cause us to fuss and fight and gripe and grumble, and, and woe is me, and the sky's falling, and the earth is melting, and here we're going down, we're going under, but we just got in agreement and prayed and believed God and praised the Lord and guess what the Lord did he came through and provided exactly what we need now that is one example but it has happened over and over and over and over again in our lives don't let the devil take you into a financial valley and you die there ask God to give you the wisdom you need to march out of that valley into a place of plenty in your life if you honor God he will honor you. That is his word. Got three amens on that, but that's his word. Pastor, I'm just, see, this is, this is my opinion. I believe God has put something in you that he would use if you would allow him to for you to make money. That's just my opinion. I believe God's put something in you some kind of gift, talent, ability. Everybody's not an entrepreneur. Well, maybe everybody should be. I'm not saying to go quit your job, but I am saying maybe God's got, there's something within you that he's put there that would, would help you be able to make that those extra funds that you're needing to make to pay those bills so you're not three months behind. You can pay your electric bill. You can pay your car payment. You got plenty of groceries in the house. You're not eating potted meat and crackers for supper every night. I love me some potted meat and crackers, but I'm going to tell you, I, I can't do it every night. My wife, <laughs> how many of you like spam? See, I'm not a big spam fan. But at, during the hurricane, she fried some of that up. And some eggs, what would you say, fried rice? <laughs> All right, I got to move on. Financial valleys. Did you, are you all listening to me tonight? I'm by no means an expert on that kind of thing, but I'm just trying to help you a little bit. We, the enemy wants to bring us into physical valleys because of our health, poor health, health deficiencies, if you would, problems with our health. Just take your pick. I mean, it's, it could be sickness that's come on. It could be physical ailments. Maybe it's disease, diabetes, arthritis, back problems, knee problems, shoulder problems foot problems, finger problems, nose problems, ear problems. I, we can cover it all. The enemy wants to get you to the place that it's there and it's always and it, and it, it's always nagging. Do we got markers? Come here, baby. Oh, somebody put a permanent Sharpie in that thing. We ought to take that out. Would you take this blue marker right here in, with your pretty handwriting? Would you write right here? Right about here, financial and, and just financial and circle it. Financial, yes, thank you. This is a class participation project. Yes, yeah, you don't need to go down low. There's a reason. All caps, please. 
you know, I've been at a place in my life where injury, that the devil did his, his best to cause it to bring me down. But Steve, you understand that. You know, rear-ended by a shuttle bus, fractured my back, broke my back, messed my neck up, had to have a fusion. I laid on my back about a week after that with, that's too big, baby. It's too big. Yeah, you got to take it down. I should have told you that to start with. <laughs> Would you erase that? And uh, here's, a, here's an eraser. And, and I'm... You're going to have five or, or four things that go across here. Yes, yeah, about that same level there, yeah. But I laid on my back uh, with literally like fire in my feet. Um, and I, the devil, I mean, I, I'm going to share this with you. I hope, I hope you understand. I was not having suicidal thoughts, but I told my wife, I said, more than ever before in my life, I can understand why if somebody doesn't have Jesus and they're in this kind of pain, if they don't have the hope in the Lord and they're in this kind of pain, that they would say, I just got to end it. I got to get out of this pain. I, I can see how the devil would conv convince somebody of that. Because I'm talking about the back surgery pain was awful. The back, the back injury was awful. All of it was awful. But the nerve pain that started my rear end in, down, in, down into my hamstrings, down into my calves, I survived all that. But when it hit my feet, I, 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 I looked. I, this is all I could do. This is how I walked. It was so bad. I couldn't wear shoes. The only shoes that I ended, and this isn't a commercial for them, but the only shoes I could, she got me the softest of bedroom slippers you've ever put on in your life. I'm not a bedroom slipper kind of guy. Not that I'm against that, okay? <laughs> but I'm just not. I mean, I'm, I, I might would be if they're really cool bedroom slippers, you know, comfortable bedroom, cool looking. But I couldn't even wear those, though. But the ones I could wear were Crocs, and that was it. But I, I shuffled. I tried everything, and I've told you this before. I tried being off of them all day, didn't help. Tried being up on them, active all day, didn't help. Tried, tried the, uh, about three days. And the last day I laid on the couch, with just, just burning, 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 just awful, awful, awful. you got to understand that when they did this surgery on me, they went in from the back and they went in from the front. I mean, they moved everything over. They, he literally, he said that he had to put his foot on my forehead. He really didn't, but he said that he had to stretch me out so much. There was so much compression that was going on. So when those nerves started waking up, it was awful. And I was at a place of saying, baby, I, I can, if, if this, I've never been in this kind of pain. And how many, how many people are going through things that the devil physically wants to get you to that point that you're down? Maybe, maybe not that, you're, that you make that kind of statement, but that you're just weary. You're down. You're, you're tired of the sickness. You're sick and tired of what? Being sick and tired. You know, you're having to deal with, you, you're going through, you, you came through it, thank the Lord, but you had to face cancer. You know, had to face all these things. Had a stroke. You know, all that you're facing, and these physical elements, the enemy wants to bring you into a valley. You know, you have, you're having uh, uh, nerve 
problems with your hands and, and having to have surgery. And, and, and bless his heart, he, he's doing better. Look at him. I believe he's going to be back on that acoustic guitar before we know it up here, playing and, and singing. Give the Lord a hand if you believe in that. But, you know, you're having to go through things, having to face things, having to have a, a, a knee surgery, now having to have another knee surgery, had to have an arm surgery. What would you have? Had a, uh, you had a bicep surgery. You know, having to go through these kind of things. And it, and it becomes this physical valley that the enemy wants to take you into. Would you write physical up there? I just want you to be, just be creative. Other valleys that he'll take us into, and stay with me now, we're going somewhere. Relational valleys. Anybody know what it is for your marriage to struggle? Anybody, is there anybody that will tell the truth? That <laughs> Come on, you know, we just celebrated on February 18th, we celebrated 28 years of marriage. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. Pastor Hayden and Sister Courtney, this coming Sunday, will celebrate one year of marriage, and we're excited about that for them. But I can tell you this, 28 years, you better know, it has been, there has not been the first argument. There has not been the first problem. There has not been the first, I mean, we have got along so good. It has been the honeymoon the entire time. How many of you know that is not true? If you've been to our marriage conference, you know, <laughs> you know it ain't true. <sighs> But the reality is, you know, we have, we have faced our own times and our own struggles, and the enemy tries to get you in that valley as a married couple to a place that, that he can bring destruction. He tries to get you in that valley where husband and wife aren't in agreement. There's frustration in your relationship. There's tension there always. He'll use the finances. He'll use the physical problems. He'll use these things to come against you in your marriage and to bring you into this valley where you're, you're not sure if you're going to make it or not. It, it, things are, it, it could go either way. And, you, you know, she... She says uh, she's leaving, and then one one week, and the next week, you say you're leaving, and 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 he sleeps on the couch tonight, and tomorrow night, uh, you know, he's back in the bed, and then the next night, you're on the couch. I mean, it's just this continual cycle of of, of just such friction and division that's got you in this valley. There's never been a time like now. That the enemy's attacking the home, the marriage, especially between husband and wife. He's attacking the marriages. Not only marriages struggling, but also how many of you know it's never there's never been a more trying time than right now to raise children. Now, how many of you've got because I know some of you got some young young babies. So we got little little Maylee. How old is she? Almost a year. Avery's 14 months. And then, of course, we got newborn Maylee back here. And then Rhett's like four. And then Lily is seven. And then we got Eliane and Braylon, five and six. And four. Oh, my Hold on, Caleb. How old are your are your kids? <laughs> Banna, you've got you've got little ones too. 
nine months and five. Y'all got a little one, BJ? How old is JoJo? <laughs> and, I, and I could keep going because, like, like, Kayla, you got, of course, she's, she's not as, as little anymore. She's 10. I mean, that's still. But I, it, there's never been a more challenging time than right now. And if we fast forward, if the Lord tarries, 12 years to when she's fixing to be 13, what kind of world are we going to be living in? There's never been a more challenging time than right now to raise children. There's never been a more challenging time. And there's there, the valley of, of parenting issues, uh, of, of just trying to be the godly parent that the Lord has called you to be, to, to make sure you're raising your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. You know, to, to be the disciplinarian that the Lord has, has called for you to be. And Sister Andrea, I know your boys are, are well, they're, what, 7 and 11. Yeah, okay, I knew one was 7. I mean, it, the challenge is tremendous. And, and, and we end up with in these valleys, especially we can fast forward to all you that have youngins that are teenagers. And, and now all the, all the worries that come along with that, or even preteens, all the things that you, that you deal with there, or even those of you that have a, your youngins are grown, gone, and, and almost old, you know. I mean, even, even that is, is, is challenging, and, and it can bring you into a valley. Family problems and family dysfunction. People, you know, family members not able to get along with each other. Fights between brothers and sisters and brothers and brothers and cousins and this one and that one. And, and maybe they never call you. Maybe you never hear from them. Maybe you never see them. Maybe, maybe they say the same thing about you. I mean, maybe it's just a dysfunction and it's problems. And if you dwell on it long enough, it gets you down. If you dwell on it long enough, it hurts your heart. It creates this valley that you're in. Maybe it's friend problems. Maybe it's no friends at all. I don't know. But it's a relational valley that the enemy will bring you into. Oh, wow. You did get creative. The Bible says that if a man desires friends, he must show himself friendly. So if you don't have any friends, you may need to make sure you're being friendly. Another valley is mental and emotional. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, boy, you sure need some help. <laughs> Would you turn around and look at somebody behind you or in front of you and say, you sure need some help. Come on. Point across the aisle and tell somebody you sure need some help. Wait a minute. Pastor, you mean to tell me that... The Lord is concerned about my mental and emotional well-being. Yes, He is. Go ahead, just confess it like Sister Lord did. Just say, I know I do. Just go ahead and say it. I know I do. Say it out loud. I know I need help. <laughs> Listen to me. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 4 when or he read out of the book of Isaiah? He was sent to heal the what? The brokenhearted, that's emotions. He's sent to heal the brokenhearted. Stay with me now. What did Paul say under uh, Timothy? He said, the Lord hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and of a sound mind. How many of you believe the Lord wants you to have a sound mind? See, what goes on up here is important. 
And it's important to recognize that and to understand that, that your thoughts are important. Matter of fact, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Then he said three words. What was those next three words? Anybody know? Casting down imaginations. So that's what. And he said, and bring it into captivity every thought. So oftentimes this is where the devil fights me. It affects me spiritually, and we're going to come back to that. But this is where it ends up, because thought, or where it starts, because thoughts aren't right. He sows seeds of the wrong thoughts, and the wrong thoughts that get inside of my, my mind, if I don't rebuke them and cast them out in the name of Jesus, then those begin to become seeds in my spirit that will eventually bring a harvest. If I allow it to be sown in me, there will be a harvest that comes out of it unless the Lord uproots it out of me by the power of the Holy Spirit. But listen to me. It's important that you recognize that this is a valley the enemy wants to bring you into by how you think. Now in the book of Philippians, the epistle of Paul to the church of Philippi, and and years ago the missionettes used to memorize this verse. And, And do you still have it memorized? Can you quote it? Would you, will you do it? Okay, go ahead. Now would be a good time. <laughs> whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what? Think on these things. Now, that's a whole other message for a whole other time. I I can't get into all of that. But if you go back and and begin to research every one of those, he's basically saying the way for you to, and I'm going to use the word debunk, everything the devil's telling you is make sure it meets those criteria. And if it doesn't meet those criteria, you need to quit thinking on it. If the devil's telling you, guess what? It's, It's a what? It's a lie. But he's saying you've got to make sure what you're thinking on is the right thing because the devil will get you in a valley mentally and he'll have you thinking the wrong way, looking at it the wrong way. He'll get you. you look, I mean, you can go up to somebody and just say, oh, Brother Marshall, man, you, you, look, you, don't feel, you look like you feel bad. You look a little pale. You know, and you, you walked in feeling great. But all of a sudden, I've been telling you that long enough, you're like, you know, I really ain't feeling that good. Whew. I need to sit down. I feel like I'm about to pass out. I mean, because I've been telling him, and that became part of his thinking. Now, some would say, well, this is mind over matter. No, this is Scripture, that my thoughts matter. How I think matters. And the devil knows he can't can't read your mind, but he will flat sure sow some things for you to get in your mind. You better know that the devil will send his own little demons and imps around that will speak things in the spirit realm to try to get in your spirit by thoughts and it's important that you know how to stand your ground and you need to get this phrase in your uh, vocabulary. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus because the devil will take you into a valley. You can start the day out great but somebody told you one thing and you started thinking about it and you started dwelling on it and all of a sudden this cheerful happy person that started the day I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm going to die. You know by love 
lunchtime. And then by the evening, you are like, you're you're literally planning your own funeral because you've started thinking the way the enemy is wanting you to think. Now, this is not, oh, God help me in this moment. I just want you to understand that there's a lot of valleys that can be avoided if we'll recognize that the enemy's trying to get you in that valley so you can he, so he can take you out so you will die in that valley financial physical relational mental and emotional are you hearing me it's a struggle to keep your mind right. You're not happy. You're frustrated all the time. You, oh man, I gotta hurry. You, you, you always see everything through a negative lens. It's never it's half full. It's always it's half empty. It's it's uh, it's never it's ninety percent chance of rain. It's always it's ten percent. I'm sorry, ninety percent chance of sunshine. It's it's ten percent chance of rain. I mean, it's always a negative. You know, you always leave the ten percent chance of rain, man. You leaving the house with the umbrella. You got your waders. I mean, you're expecting the worst to happen. That's how the enemy wants to get you and it does affect you. Well, Pastor, I don't know about that emotional stuff. Let me tell you something. You are God created you as an emotional person. Now, our, our ladies, he created a little bit more emotional than he did us guys, okay? And we can just own up to that, right, man? Come on. You can say amen right there and you can say it with a growl in your voice if you need amen. Come on. It is true. God made us that way. There may be some exceptions, but it is true. That is how God made us and it is a reality. It is a reality. And I want you to understand as as we look at this that the enemy wants to get you into this valley, into a place that your thoughts are wrong and he gets your emotions all mixed up and he gets you all uh, mentally discombobulated so he can get you off track of where God wants you to be. Truth's the truth. I was waiting for the rain. (laughs) The last valley that she's going to ride up here for me, up here, big now, would you, is spiritual. What I want you to understand what I want you to understand is, is this is ultimately what the enemy's after. He's really not after your finances. He's really not after your relationship stuff. He's really not after your physical stuff. He's really not after your mental or your emotional. He's after your spiritual. He wants to bring you spiritually into a valley, and he uses all these different things to get you there. Because one valley will lead to it. One valley will lead to a deeper valley. And, and, and they all end up being kind of interconnected and intertwined in a way that the enemy works through this, through this time that you're in a valley. You know, the, the, the question isn't if, it, it is when. When will we face a valley? When will we go through things? If you live life, you're going to come into a valley. You've got to know what to do in the valley. You've got to know how to survive in the valley. You've got to understand how the enemy works when you're in the valley. If God would help us to grow up spiritually, we could walk through these valleys in victory with overcoming power, more than a conquerors, more than conquerors because they're all connected. It's all about this right here is ultimately to bring you into a spiritual valley. And what I want you to understand is you generally can't come into this valley without it being connected to that valley. 
valley and without it being connected to that valley. And if you worry about it long enough, it'll eventually be connected to that, to that valley. And they just end up connecting to each other in a way that all, all of this is just intertwined and then it, it ends up being this continual cycle of in and out and all these different things that's happening in your life. But ultimately, it's about bringing you into a spiritual valley of the shadow of death where the enemy can take you out. He wants to get you discouraged. He wants to get you depressed. He wants to get you oppressed. He wants to get you fearful. He wants to get you feeling with uh, feeling anxiety and worried. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He wants to get you to that place that, that every day you worry, 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 and it's an anxiousness that's there and an anxiety that won't let go. And if you're not careful, this same valley here, it leads to sin and it causes folks to end up in addiction and bondage and the strongholds of their life. Oftentimes, he attacks with this valley from these relational valleys because somebody's battling a generational targeting, a, a generational curse, a, a generational thing where the same demons that daddy fought is now fighting you. The same demons mama battled is now fighting you. It's a relational valley and the enemy's coming against your life with to bring you right here into this spiritual valley. But I want you to remember what he said in Psalms 104 in verse 10 that he sendeth forth springs in the valleys which runneth among the hills. He's Oh hallelujah. He sendeth forth springs in the valleys. I might be in a valley, but yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Hallelujah. You see, I made my mind up a long time ago that I'd recognize when it was a valley I don't always do it perfect. I have my times like everybody else that my wife is my encourager. And she picks me up and prays for me and, and helps me to stay on track. I, get, I have days occasionally that I get a little down on things. But I learned a long time ago that the river has got to flow somewhere. And where I found that the river flows best is in the valley. It's in those low times of life. It's in those difficult moments of life. Life. It's in those trying times of life that the river of the Holy Ghost will flow. See, you've got to make up your mind that your valley is not going to steal your victory. I said you got to make up your mind that your valley is not going to steal your victory. You might be in a financial valley, but it's not going to steal my spiritual victory. I might be in a physical valley, but it's not going to steal my spiritual victory. I might be in a relational valley or a mental and emotional valley, but I'm going to hold on to my victory that I have in Jesus Christ because greater is he that is in me. I said greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. See, the valley you're standing in can become your greatest testimony of God's miracle work and power. Your greatest testimony. Giants are defeated in the valley. Did you hear me? The shepherd walks with his sheep in the valley. And the Lord will send springs 
into your valley. In Psalms 114, verse 7 and 8, Brother Chad, would you come? The psalmist said, Tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into standing water, and the flint into a fountain of waters. Even when you're standing in the hardest of times, he'll send a spring. Isaiah 12 and verse 3, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Somebody shout joy. Do you know what one of the greatest indi- one one of the top two greatest indicators of you being converted to Jesus and actually being born again? One of the one of the top one of the top two would be joy. The first one is love. By this shall all men know that you have uh, that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Oh, but the second I believe is joy because somebody can see there's something different about you. Even when things aren't going good, you still got a joy. Even when things are going bad in your life, man, you. Still still got a smile on your face and a joy in your heart. With joy shall you draw water. With joy, I'm going to get in this spring. With joy, I'm going to dive in and swim a little bit in the waters of the Holy Ghost. With joy, Isaiah 41 and 18, he said, I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I don't know what valley you may be in tonight. But I've come to tell you to lift up your head and look under the hills from whence cometh your help because there's a spring of the Holy Ghost water that the Lord wants to bring into your life tonight. You might feel dry. Get ready for a spring. You might feel empty. Get ready for a spring. He's going to send a spring into the middle of your valley. Joel 2 verse 28 and 29 He said, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. Do it, Holy Ghost. We find a great valley that the disciples found themselves in. They found themselves on... Saturday after Jesus had been crucified, wondering what's going to happen. And on Sunday morning, they realized that he is risen. And for 40 days, they were afforded the opportunity to walk with him until he ascended. And when he ascended, they stood there gazing. Had to have been such a bewilderment about them of what are we going to do now. And for 10 days, the enemy wanted them in a valley where they were ready to quit and give up and throw in the towel, and you can't do it. Peter, you're a failure. You can't do it. All these, Thomas, you're nothing but a doubter. You can't do it. And the enemy wanted them in this valley, but you know what they did? They spent 10 days in prayer. You see, it's important to understand that the Lord will provide the spring, but sometimes you've got to be willing to dig. We find this in Genesis 26, verses 17 through 25, the story of Isaac when he came back to possess the land that was given unto Abraham. Abraham had dug all these wells, but over time the Philistines had plugged all the wells with dirt. And so now the wells weren't flowing, and Isaac comes with all of his entourage and 
they dig one well and they unstop the well and all of a sudden the, the men of Gerar that were there, they came and said, no, this is our well. And they, so they moved over and dug another well and they, they named the first one and the men of Gerar said, no, this is our well. And so they had to go dig a third well. See, I believe the point in all of that is when you pray the first time and it don't happen, don't give up. The devil's going to try to keep you from where God wants you. When you pray the second time and it doesn't happen, don't throw in the towel because the third time they moved over and they found a well that was plugged up with dirt and they dug that dirt out and they named that one Rehoboth which was saying God has enlarged us. Hallelujah. And I want you to know the well began to flow in the middle of that valley and just in that same way the disciples for 10 days man they were scooping out the dirt of doubt scooping out the dirt of failure scooping out the dirt of their own desires of being the first in the kingdom and all they knew was we've got to have what Joel said. Joel said that in the last days he pour out his spirit. There's a spring that's on the way and for 10 days they dug and they dug and they dug and then when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they begin to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance do you know what happened there was a spring that began to flow in the middle of the valley of an upper room the Holy Ghost filled that place some of you tonight you need to dig out your doubt dig out your apathy and your lukewarmness Dig out your religious attitude because he's ready for a spring to flow in your life. You got to let the river flow. See, that spring flows by our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. What did he tell that little woman at the well? If you knew who was asking you, you'd ask of me and I'd give you to drink. He said, now to your belly flow rivers of living water, springs. When the river flows, that spring that comes up in our valley, it's the grace of God at work in our lives. That grace is, it means favor. It means benefit. First Peter 5 and, and 10, my wife's favorite verse, but the God of all grace who hath called you unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, strengthen, establish, settle you. That's the word of God by his grace. You might be in a valley and you might feel like you're suffering, but his favor is upon you. He told Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, my grace is sufficient. When the river flows, the grace of God comes as, as, as a favor upon your life. When this spring comes, you find yourself standing on the promises of God's word. Like 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, he said, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, and under the glory of God. Can I tell you today that if God said it in his word, it's yours. When that spring flows... The Holy Spirit falls upon you and fills you up. How many of you need that tonight? I know the hour's late. I want you to stand with me. Oh, I just want the Holy Ghost to fill me up. I need a spring in my valley. 
I just need a spring in my valley. Acts 10 verse 44 tells us that while Peter spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Fell on all of them which heard the word. That's what we need, Bryce. The Holy Ghost just to fall on us. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. (laughs) I don't know what valley you may be in, but I'm going to tell you. The Lord wants to bring springs into your valley. I think I can make it if the Lord would just send a spring, send a power of the Holy Ghost into my life. Oh, if it's sin in your life, get washed in the blood, get forgiven, and get filled with the Holy Ghost. But if you're a born-again child of God, what you need every day is to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How do I do that, preacher? You do that by the springs of the Holy Spirit flowing. So many different symbols we find in Scripture of the Holy Ghost. We see Him as water. We see Him as oil. We see Him as fire. We see Him as a dove. I'm going to tell you something. What Jesus said about it from His belly will flow rivers of living water. I believe we can rest on that tonight, that when we drink of the Lord, He satisfies our soul. When we drink of Him, I'm not just talking about initial salvation. I mean day in and day out. The enemy will wants me in a valley, but I'm going to get on my face before the Lord until a, a river flows again. And everywhere that river flows, there's healing. Everywhere that river flows, there's life. Everywhere that river flows, there's a victory that is real on the inside. I can look at some of you and tell you dry and you need a river to flow. Some of you look like if you smiled, you might have a cloud of dust boil out the sides of your mouth. You need a river to flood your soul. You need the river of the Holy Ghost. Some of you are in the thick of the battle and the heat of the struggle tonight. You're in a valley tonight and the devil wants you to die in the valley. But I want you to know tonight the Lord is saying through his word that he wants to send a spring into the valley you're in tonight. He wants to send a spring. Hallelujah. Jesus, I just thank you. I just thank you for your word. And Lord, this, you know I've been eating on this, and if it ain't for nobody else, Lord, you gave it to me, for me, for my family. As you unfolded it all to me this afternoon, and Lord, I've got to have the moving of your spirit in my life. I pray you forgive me for times of doubt. Forgive me for apathy. Forgive me for being lukewarm in areas. Lord, just anything in me that's not like you, forgive me. Because, Lord, I don't want anything to hinder the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life and upon my life. Lord, as a people, as a nation, we're in a valley. But, Lord, we can swim in the waters of your spirit as springs flow in this valley. 
just ask you to come here and now and strengthen the weary. Give joy to those, Lord, that have lost it. Bring victory to those, God, that have been living defeated. Help tonight. Help husbands and wives. Help moms and dads. Help single men, single women. Help us, Lord, in the areas of our life the enemy seems to be triumphing in. Help us to gain the wisdom to, and the knowledge to, to walk in victory. Lord, all those things we pray for, but most of all, we ask you for a spring in our spirit. Lord, would you pour out the Holy Spirit upon us tonight? Would you refresh us? Would you renew us? Would you revive us? Would you transform us, Lord? Lord, if there's sin, Almighty God, we ask you, God, to let Holy Ghost conviction brew, that it draws somebody to a place of repentance over it, to get it under the blood. Let them be transformed. Lord, if we're going to face our tomorrow, we have to experience you today. Would you let the river of the Holy Ghost flow right here, right now, upon our hearts, upon our lives, upon our homes, our families, our marriages, our children, our friends, our church. In the mighty name of Jesus.